Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and always informative weekly blog. There you'll read, learn, and may comment about her life as a 21st century wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. Most of us are either predominantly right brain or left brain users. But my guest today, radiologist and nutritionist, Dr. Jason Beck, is a user of both. Dr. Beck, do you call yourself a nutritionist? Probably the better description is a lifestyle medicine doctor for that side of what I do. Okay. Along with being a book smart academic, Dr. Beck is a creative entrepreneur having founded in 2006 Arkansas Specialty Radiology and in 2010 On-Site Imaging Solutions, but it doesn't stop there. Being a third-generation entrepreneur, Beck couldn't resist helping and learning about other business opportunities. And so in 2015, along with his sister Monica, founded Tricor Capital LLC. If I had the money, I would do that because you get to learn about these businesses. And that's the creative part that we were talking about. Business is so creative. But that's not even what I find most interesting about him. Today, we are going to spend a lot of time talking to the good doctor about his passion. His passion project for spreading the healing powers and nutritional benefits of a plant-based diet. Dr. Vegan as his friends call him, believes so strongly that most chronic illnesses, diabetes, and cancer can be prevented and often cured with healthy life choices that he is now board certified by the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table the creative entrepreneur, hardworking radiologist, and vegan and lifestyle expert, Dr. Jason Beck. Appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. Um, Thank you for coming. You're a third-generation entrepreneur. I am. I come by this very naturally. So my grandfather uh, was an inventor and actually um, brought the technology to the United States from Japan that debones chicken back before there were chicken nuggets. And uh, my father was a computer software company owner, developer of software, and uh, I've followed in those footsteps, as has my sister. So... It's been an interesting journey. So radiology software, you think it is? That's why you started these companies that are called Arkansas Specialty Radiology. It's a it's a lot of computer technology. Right. So Arkansas Specialty Radiology is my radiology practice group that I started to um, basically allow me to have time to explore all of my interests while practicing medicine. Um, the two uh, groups here in town that were available uh, at the time did not offer part-time spots, and I wanted to be able to practice medicine part-time and explore my other interests part-time. So I founded my own group and there's now six of us that are all part-time doctors and uh, part-time entrepreneurs. So I've got a partner that owns a company that does a internet service out in Idaho called Moose Bites. Um, and I've subsequently founded a couple other companies myself. So it's given us all the opportunity to do what we love in medicine as well as do the other things we love in life. That creative part of being an entrepreneur so did you grow up in arkansas i did born and raised here where in little rock little rock 
And your daddy was a software engineer, must have been very far back. Well, he yes, he was back uh, when PCs first came about. and uh, When they actually, were mainframe? Yes, actually, when he started his company, everything was on a mainframe. And uh, he had not trained in software, but uh, had an idea for software that he wanted to make. And so hired software architects to engineer that for him. How do you even know about that? He was in the insurance industry and uh, just came up with an idea on how to provide a better service in that industry. And actually, that's where he did it out of. And a mainframe is pretty big. It is. It takes up an entire room. And he had engineers working on it. And he was, I guess he was doing uh, data scrubbing to figure out the life expectancies of his clients so he would know how to insure them. His was more, they were collecting data from companies to provide uh, personalized employee benefit reports, which was all done manually at the time. And he wrote software to basically automate that process. Personalize what? Employee benefit reports. So, um, you know, if a, an employee has life insurance and health insurance and retirement contributions and things like that, um, basically a annual summary that allows them to kind of see all of that to understand everything that they get in addition to their income. Oh, so it's like your employee package. So Correct. it's like, come to work for me and don't just get this salary. You get all these things that add up to a certain amount. Correct. Doesn't seem like you need a computer to do that. Just give me a calculator and a pencil. <laughs> of course, they didn't have calculators when he was doing this. They were uh, very archaic. They were tin had, keys. They had little red numbers on them. They had tin keys. Yes. Because I went to college and learned how to use a tin key. And I am not that old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love this story. Uh, so you're, you you decide you're going to be a radiologist. Yes. Did you always know you wanted to be a doctor, or did how did that come to be? I did from a very young age. I just uh, always had a lot of respect for them and what they did, and just always something I wanted to do. I love the science behind it. I um, love taking care of people. So. And your uh, uncle made the device that debones chicken uh, my so grandfather actually. your grandfather yes he was the one that brought that technology over from overseas to the united states was he did he learn it in the war no he just saw an opportunity and heard about it and realized that it didn't exist here yet and uh went over and found it and brought it here Jason, this is his, I want to tell everybody that doc, this is Dr. Beck's first time on the radio, and I didn't know you had a stutter, and you are very brave to come on the radio if you have a, if you have a stutter. It's like the King's Speech, the only way to get past it is to get past it, right? Oh, I bet you love that show, don't you? I love that <laughs> show. That was a great movie. I watched it a couple of times. All right, so you, so then you decide you're going to go to college. Where'd you go to college? Hendricks College, oh, Conway, yeah. Arkansas. All right, and you're going to be a doctor, and you're studying to be a doctor, and then all of a sudden you go, I think I'll do radiology and get exposed to radiation every day. No, really. How did that happen? Well, it was a combination of things. I love the technology behind it. I've been in computers ever since I was a little kid, inspired by my dad. Sure. And so um, in college, worked at the med center as a network person. And so that's always just been a strong appeal of mine. And so uh, radiology is all very computer-based. Um, CT scans are computers, MRIs are computers. And so that's what really drew me into it. And then it was kind of a constantly evolving, technologically advanced field. And oh. so I figured it would kind of keep me interested through my career with everything new coming out. So, People that are smart and that are inquisitive and creative like that have a hard time staying stimulated in their jobs. You were smart to recognize that early on. It's definitely kept my job interesting through the years. Uh, so then you decide you're going to start Arkansas Specialty Radiology in 2006 because 
you want to be able to work part-time and there were no op- job opportunities to be able to work part-time. Correct. I basically wanted to create a new model of radiology practice where radiologists could work kind of how they wanted and when they wanted and as, as much as they wanted. And so I've kept that balance through the years um, and have a very happy career right now. You know, uh, life-work balance is extremely important today. When I started Arkansas Flag and Banner 40 years ago, people wanted they wanted a base salary and they wanted to know every month exactly how much money they were going to make. Then it went to uh, they wanted to have some flexibility, and so they went to hourly. And then now when people come in and, and apply for jobs with me, one of the things they ask about is life-work balance. That was never a conversation 30 years ago. Right, and I think that's a new thing that we know now that you know that life-work balance is what keeps people happy and healthy throughout their life. And uh-huh. so, um, unfortunately, through the process of medical training, we go through many, many years where we're working way more than we need to work. They actually had to make a rule. I don't know. It's about the time I finished training where they could not work more than eighty hours a week because everybody was working more than eighty hours a week, and they didn't feel like that was healthy. And so, um, now the residents only work eighty hours a week. I still don't think that's healthy. I don't feel like the care you get is that good. Now, I know they can sleep there at the hospital. Is that considered part of their 80 hours? It is not. You are awake for 80 hours a week. And I had a brother-in-law who was a doctor, and he did not look well. It's definitely taxing. And I promise you he was not given as good a care as he should have been. Why do they do that? I think part of it is trying to fit all of the training into those number of years just requires kind of double duty to get everything in that you need to know to take care of patients well when you get done. I don't know how you can remember anything. I mean, your brain just, you know. Anyway, then the next business you started in 2010 Mm -hmm. was on-site imaging solution. Again, I think you saw a niche. Correct. And this one was inspired by my mother, actually. She's a PhD nursing researcher and spent her career um, learning how to take care of elderly patients better. And, uh, my sister and I, through some exposure to the nursing home um, and environment, recognized that there was a big need nationwide for a different and better level of care in those nursing homes, particularly when it came to imaging. So what was happening was patients were, say somebody fell and they thought they broke their hip, they would put them in an ambulance, take them to the hospital, x-ray them, realize it wasn't broken, they'd take them back, and now these patients... You know, they have things called like sundowning where they get out of their normal in, environment and they struggle. Um, and so what we did was around the country, uh, those x-rays normally took two or three or four days to get done and get the reports back. And so what I did was figured out a way to basically make that happen in 15 minutes. And so I basically aggregated a bunch of technologies that already existed um, using cellular broadband, voice recognition software, cloud-based computing, and put them together to make a system where we were able to get images done and reports back um, quicker than anybody else could do it. And so we started that company and within two years had most of the market in the state. And I say we, I started that with my sister as well. So, oh, yes. So you go to the nursing homes and you can do that. You can perform the necessary um, test there. Correct. Right there on site. And then the image data is actually uploaded through a cellular broadband connection to a cloud uh, computer system that I read from and then use voice recognition to dictate the reports that are immediately sent back. We developed iPhone apps so that the ordering doctors could see everything right there on their phone and right when they came back and everything. So thank you, dad. Does dad help you with that? 
my dad. Yeah. Um, he helped early on, mainly more in the mechanical side of things because mm-hmm. we had to kind of uh, invent how to put these machines in the back of vans. Um, the digital machines had not been done before, and so he helped kind of engineer some of that. I bet your family dinners are so interesting. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would be, I bet anybody that marries into your family just feels so intimidated. They're like, I'm not going to talk because I'm going to sound stupid. <laughs> Um, then you're doing so, and I just want to say that I actually had problems with my mother when she was alive, and that is a big deal, moving elderly people around to get to them to services. It is. It's a big problem. Um, so, and sundowners is a big deal. It is. Uh, 20, which, which for everybody listening, it just means they get, you know, I think they call it sundowners because it usually happens at sundown is that correct yep and then they and but you can also get it when you move them around into a new location they get confused and you you exaggerates any current problems that they're having so well said in 2015 you decided i'm so good at making businesses i'm gonna start a tricor with your sister again you said i'm gonna start tricor capital llc with my sister correct you love it i do how many businesses have you helped uh, quite a few. We uh, predominantly operate in the space of private lending, so we help people that want to do real estate to um, have the capital that they need to make those deals happen. Um, and then we've also done some angel investing with some Arkansas companies and also companies outside of the state. So I think like, angel investing would be so much fun. Yeah, it's just it's fun to see small businesses grow and to help them grow. And so then have we, you started some of your own businesses? Uh, the private lending business is one that kind of was born out of Tricor Capital that we started and have actually written software to make that all automated. Okay. Uh, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation on with Dr. Jason Beck, radiologist, entrepreneur, and certified expert on lifestyle medicine. And we're going to talk about what I really wanted to bring Dr. Beck on the whole next part of the hour. We're going to talk seriously about the ways you can prevent and even overcome chronic illness, diabetes, cancer, and possibly live to be 100 years old. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, starting with door-to-door sales, then telemarketing, to mail order and catalog sales. And now, flagandbanner.com relies heavily on the internet and live chats with customers all over the world. Over this time, Carrie's business and leadership knowledge has grown. As early as 2004, she began sharing her knowledge in her weekly blog. In 2009, she founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, and in 2014, Brave Magazine, a biannual publication. Today, she has branched out into podcasts, Facebook live stream, and YouTube videos of this radio show. Each week, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting and inspiring. Stay up to date by joining flagandbanner.com's mailing list. You'll receive our water cooler weekly e-blast that notifies you of our upcoming guests, happenings at Dreamland Ballroom, sales at flagandbanner.com, access to Brave Magazine articles, and Carrie's current blog post. All that in one weekly email. Or you may simply like upinyourbusiness.com's Facebook page for timely notifications. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. TheFlagandBanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Jason Beck, radiologist, inventor, 
even though he would say he's not an inventor. But I think you're an inventor. Entrepreneur, vegan, and lifestyle medicine expert. He is a smart guy. And everything we're about to talk about now is not going to be pie in the sky. I promise you. He has done research, research, research. He often, even with it, even with his stuttering, he gives speeches on this. This may be his first time to be on the radio, but he gives speeches. He is he he is passionate about the subject of of your health. Um, how did you become, Jason? How did you become so interested in diet and wellness? So my journey was a personal one that happened very organically. Uh, at age thirty five, I was seventy pounds overweight. And I went to the doctor for a life insurance physical and my blood pressure was a little bit high and my cholesterol was a little bit high. And so he said, well, I'll just put you on a little low dose blood pressure medicine, put you on a little cholesterol medicine. And, uh, you know, I came home that day and I thought to myself, I'm a pretty active guy. I go and, you know, ride my mountain bike with friends and I go on hikes and I try to watch what I eat and yet I'm not right. And so I was fortunate at the time uh, to be married to somebody who had explored a plant-based diet and uh, gave me the window to start to look into that. And so her offer to me was, why don't you just try it for three months and see what it was like? And so I did. And three months later, I had shed quite a few pounds. My blood pressure was back down to normal. My cholesterol was back down to normal. And at that point, I thought, there really must be something to this. And so I began about a two-year process of self-education. And I devoured every journal article, every podcast, every expert in the field, um, just to learn everything that I could about it. And at that point, I got uh, very into it where I had transitioned my diet to a completely whole food plant-based diet and um, had gotten my family on board with this, my sister, my brother-in-law, who's an interventional cardiologist, my father and my mom, and just saw dramatic changes in all of them. I mean, my parents over the course of a few years got off all of their medications and now have normal numbers. Um, How old are they? In their mid-70s. Because of a plant-based diet, whole food yes. plant-based diet. They take no medicine. That is correct. You know how many people die? In, you probably do know. I don't know. That, but a lot of people die from uh, from drugs. Absolutely. From over-medication or side effects, really. Not over-medication, but from Absolutely. side effects. One of our top killers, actually. Is side effects from medicine. Yes. All right. Yeah. So over the course of the last decade, I've um, maintained my ideal body weight. And uh, my numbers are all normal. I checked my blood pressure a couple of days ago when I went to work out. It was 100 over 65. So being 10 years older and having the blood pressure of a child just reinforces to me like I'm doing the right thing. Um, there's a new medical specialty that has emerged called uh, lifestyle medicine. And I was made aware of that a couple of years ago and was so excited about that. I went and got board certified in it. And it is a medical specialty that focuses on lifestyle changes to prevent and cure chronic medical problems. And so they focus on the things that we kind of all know to be true, right? Which are if you eat healthy and you move some and you sleep well and you don't smoke and you don't drink too much, you will live a better, healthier, happier life, right? And so what their shift is, instead of a patient coming to the doctor and taking vital signs of blood pressure and labs and everything, prescribing them medications to fix their problems, their vital signs become questions about their lifestyle, right? What do you eat every day? What's your stress level like in your life? How do you sleep? How's your social support network? Do you take time every day to relax? 
um, things like that. And so it really gets engaged with what we know from these blue zones around the country, which are these areas in the world where people live long, happy lives. We can learn lessons from there and then apply that to our medical practice where we take care of patients. And that's what got me really excited because I think as we are in a healthcare crisis in this country where we're spending three to four trillion dollars a year taking care of everybody, we know that can't persist, right? And so the you know average healthcare expenditure is growing, I believe, at a 12% rate per year, which means it's going to double very quickly. And so we're on a trajectory right now where the last numbers I looked at, seven years from now, the annual household income will equal the annual household health care spend unless something changes. So you've seen people like Berkshire Hathaway and Amazon and J.P. Morgan Chase get into the healthcare arena. And I think that's wise that they see that we're on a crash course for something that will destroy our country from an economic level, and it's got to be fixed. And so I believe lifestyle medicine is the way to do that because most chronic problems, most cancers, most of the things that we treat can be prevented with lifestyle changes. Diabetes. Diabetes, absolutely. Diabetes is a curable disease in For the most, most people. Part. Yes. Or probably 99% of the people Correct. out there. People make a choice every day what they put in their body, what they eat. They do three times a day. Probably one of the biggest choice, biggest decisions you make a day. Absolutely. Well, and it's also the largest interaction we have with our environment. I mean, if you think about it, the air that touches us, the water we drink, and the food we put in our bodies are really all that happens to us every day, right? And so that food that we put in our body is a predominant director of our health outcomes in no yeah. uncertain terms. The, the genes may load the gun, but the diet pulls the trigger, right? I watched a TED Talk getting ready for the show, and it said that there was a Danish twin study. And only 10% of our health comes from our genes. 90% of our health comes from what we eat in our life. So you talked about the blue zone a little bit, and I never heard of the blue zone till I started this interview today. And the blue zone, tell everybody what the blue zone is and so about the man who started it. Sure. The, uh, the blue zone's concept uh, was by Dan Buettner. Um, mm -hmm. He basically traveled around the world and identified the places where People led the longest, healthiest, happiest lives and looked at the common characteristics of what those people that lived in those places did, right? And the idea is you, you want to like live until you die, right? And so our, in the United States here, people kind of live until their 60s and then they're going to the doctor every week and they got a bag of medications they carry around with them and they don't feel good. And they just taper from there, right? Whereas in these other areas of the world, people are living vibrantly into their 80s, 90s, 100, right? And, and then so, most of them die in their sleep. Yes. Which or, is the way everybody or, wants to go. Right. You want to, like, live long and die short, right? Yeah. And so um, basically what he did, which makes complete sense, is let's just look at some of the characteristics of how these people live. And let's see if we can see what the common threads are and apply those to our life, Right. And so some of the common threads that he saw were a predominantly plant-based diet. Meat uh, only like once a week. Meat is a celebration, you know, very small portions. Three or four ounces once a week. Correct. Yes. A um, lot of natural movement, um, a lot of good social support, um, living in uh, close contact with loved ones, um, 
Let's sense see. of purpose. Sense of purpose is very important. Um, uh, and, and, and they don't even have a word for retirement. They do not, most of them. And the ability to downshift every day at the end of the day is one of the key things. And that's where... Um, reduce your stress through a daily ritual. Right, right. And whether you do it, you know, by stopping and having a glass of red wine or whether you do it by going and doing something that you enjoy doing with friends, it's it's that, that key, I believe, is to, to downshift in the every day and remove kind of the stress from the day and move on in your pleasant evening. And those are just some of the characteristics that carried through all of those cultures. Prayer, meditation, Correct. walk in the woods. Correct. All uh, the things that we as Americans don't do near enough of in general. We feel guilty. Or at least I do. I'm like, oh, downtime. I can't have any downtime. Uh, the, I like the one, the 80% rule. Yes, eat till you're 80% full. Very good rule. a great rule. Right. And I think, you know, sitting down to a meal, you know, uh, we pray oftentimes, but I think you can also, in addition to praying, you know, give some um, consciousness to the food that you're eating, where it came from, how it was prepared. And I think when you stop and do that, you're much less inclined to kind of overeat, right? You, you eat in a much more conscious way. And so it's easier to, you know, appreciate the food that you're getting, eat to a comfortably full and stop. And the 80% rule is because it takes 20% for you to feel the food you, it takes 20 minutes for you to feel the food you ate to get full. So if you eat till you're 80% full, you are actually 100% full within 20 minutes because you, it gives it time to go register to your brain that you're, that you're full. And they have smaller plates in most of these countries. They do. I think that's a really simple solution or uh, exercise that all of us can do is eat on a smaller plate it makes your food look like it's bigger (laughs) (laughs) i've never thought about giving a thought and gratitude to my food but i'm going to start doing that i believe giving gratitude is one of the uh, uh, examples they 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 use for reducing stress is a daily ritual of gratitude you know kind of listing you know thank you for being born america Absolutely. I mean, does anyone ever give a gratitude for that one? And that's a big one. Especially when I watch the news, I'm like, oh, God, I'm glad I'm not having to cross the border right now. <laughs> uh, the diet, eat lots of beans. Yes, beans are actually a common thread among the blue zones. And we know. I don't like beans that much. I mean, so, they're okay, but aren't there a lot of varieties? Oh, there's hundreds of varieties of beans. So maybe I just haven't tried them all because I only think of the five beans that are in the grocery store in the cans. Right. So even at uh, Walmart, they've got probably 20 or 30 kinds dry. Really? Some beans you might have never heard of right there on the Supercenter aisles. Walmart knows. Uh, Clubs and it said another one was belonging to a faith-based organization, uh, and it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it can be AA. It can be a club or an organization or even a book club, but having that connection of being in a club and right. having friendships. Right. Uh, and then another was uh, family, caring for uh, caring for another person. Very important. It's, it goes back to that sense of purpose. And I think, you know, in the United States now, people tend to be very separated from their families oftentimes you know there's other countries in the world that actually give you tax breaks if you live close to your parents right and you know you'll get a tax break gray he lives <laughs> in the backyard gee thanks mom well and actually i actually <laughs> live next door to my parents and my sister as well 
Um, and so we have our own little village, if you will, which mm-hmm. is wonderful Commune. for raising children and oh, it's great social support and support when you're having trouble times and everything else. It's a just a wonderful way to live. Some people see it in this American culture is kind of odd. I think so too. I, we've actually our family has actually talked about that. Why would you not want to stay with your tribe and support yourself as a tribe? Agreed completely. And it only changed like in the fifties. Somewhere around the 60s or 50s, everything mm-hmm. began to be like, kick your kids out of the house and uh, put your parents in an old folks home. And Right. And most other cultures in the world still live that way. And even um, people who have immigrated here to the United States from these other cultures oftentimes still live that way. I think we need to look to them to set an example of what we should go back to. I agree. Rather than progressing forward of more isolation more separation. Those are things that don't promote health and healing and happy life. There's something called the grandmother effect on children. Which makes complete sense to me. I mean, I don't think there's anybody better equipped to contribute to a child's life than their grandparents, right? They've got all the time in the world. They've got the resources. They've got the life wisdom. So, I mean, it's almost bringing a tear to my because like I, my little girl goes, yeah, my little girl goes down in my mom's garden every Mm -hmm. day with her Mm -hmm. and it's just a wonderful experience for all of them. And so, Mm -hmm. yep, absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. very important. Mm -hmm. It really is. And my grandkids, I tell people all the time when they have children, I said, well, you're really just having the children so that you can one day have grandchildren. That's right. Because that's really (laughs) all you want. Uh, And then I loved this one. Have a glass of wine. If you can. And if you can't, I think you can have uh, apple cider vinegar, probably. I think it's not so much the glass of wine, but I think it's the shift that comes with the glass of wine. Oh. Right? Oh. Um, you know, the, the science now is pretty clear that there's a linear relationship between alcohol consumption and the detriments of alcohol. And zero is best, one is next, two is next, and when you get past that, you might get in trouble. I think it's more so the the when people tend to stop and have their glass of wine, what do they do? They sit down, they watch the sunset, they gather their friends around, they talk, they visit about their day, they decompress, all those things. And wine is kind of the conduit that brings people together to do that. And so I think that's why that runs through those cultures as a common thread. I don't think it's necessary to do that. Um, I mean, I personally like a glass of wine every once in a while, yeah. but... Um, but sometimes yeah. people take it too far. That's right. I mean, they absolutely do. Some people are like, oh, a glass of wine every day. Well, let me see how big a glass I can get. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great place to take a break. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, and we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Jason Beck, radiologist, entrepreneur, and certified expert on lifestyle medicine. I love talking about this subject. I love helping people. He loves helping people. We're going to expand on this healthy life choices and the implementation of them into your life. Even if you just do one of them, it's an improvement. Um, I want to remind everyone, after each show's airing, a podcast is made available on all popular listening sites and YouTube. If you feel like you'd like to advertise here on Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy and also in Brave Magazine from Flag and Banner, there are so many Central Arkansans who listen to this show and read that magazine because we're available on all kinds of platforms and you can reach every single one of them with your ad. We're on two different radio stations, on YouTube, the Democrat Gazette's digital features page. We're online with more than 100 podcasts. You can be a part of these influential shows. You'll be speaking to the aware and active Arkansans who listen to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy and read Brave Magazine. 
Just call this number, 375-7633, 375-7633, and you'll be able to talk to somebody about advertising in Brave Magazine and right here on Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. The number again, 501 501- Three seven five seven six three three. You're listening to Up in Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Jason Beck, radiologist, entrepreneur, vegan, and lifestyle medicine expert. Before the break, we talked about the blue zone and the people that live in the blue zone. That was discovered by a National Geographic uh, explorer journalist. He wrote a book called The Blue Zone. As he traveled around, he noticed that there were four communities that lived to be a hundred, and that just had these great healthy lifestyles all the way up. Actually, only one in 5,000 people live to be 100, no matter what you do. That's not a whole lot. So you're probably not going to live to be 100. But what you could do is live to be 87 years old and have a really good productive life all the way up there instead of living to be 87 and spending the last five years in bed or sedentary. And that's really what we're trying to get to, don't you think? Absolutely. We want to try to live until we die. Live until we die. I like more years to your life instead of life to your years. Did I say that right? You want to add more? You don't want to add more years to your life. You want to add more life to your years. There you go. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, I got that. All right, this guy, David Bootner, that we're talking about who kind of founded the Blue Zone, this is his quote. The calculus of aging offers us two options. We can live a shorter life with many more years of disability, or we can live the longest possible life with the fewest bad years. As my centenarian friends showed me, the choice is is largely up to us. So we're talking today about how to do that. Um, What's vegan versus vegetarian? I always get that confused. Sure. Uh, Vegetarian excludes uh, consumption of animals. So you exclude the, um, you know, meat and fish uh, vegan excludes the consumption of animals as well as all animal products. So they exclude eggs and dairy as well. Um, and you're vegan. I am for the most part. Yes. Does so it matter? Does it really matter? It, the 90% is what matters. What do you mean? Well, our bodies tolerate 10% of whatever we put in it pretty well, uh, whether that's whiskey and Big Macs or Oreo cookies <laughs> or whatever, right? If the other non 90% of what we're consuming is coming from very health promoting foods and so i think that there's the the diet that i follow as closely as i can is a whole food plant-based diet so it is a diet where most all of my calories every day come from whole plant foods so plant foods as grown right not Mm -hmm. processed not added oils and sugars and salts and chemicals and flavorings and all these things that come in our packaged foods and so basically everything i eat every day does not have an ingredient list. I look at it and I know what it is. This is a banana. This is a sweet potato. This is a bean, right? I don't need to read the ingredient list to know what I'm putting in my body. And I think that's the key. And I think if people can aim for a hundred percent on that, they'll probably hit the 90% mark because our, our food environment in this country is so backwards, right? Where there is health, unhealthy food on every street corner and every convenience store and occupying most of our supermarkets right and the healthy food is hard to come by right there's you can't go into a fast food restaurant and get healthy food for the most part right you have to really try to pick out 
you know, the right kind of salad with the right kind of dressing or, you know, get it and go to McDonald's and get a salad and an apple. Um, but it's, it's very out, outside of the norm. And so we live in this food environment where we're bombarded every day with advertising, you know, for all these ultra processed foods and these things that we know do not promote health in our bodies. Right. And so it, it makes it harder for us to eat a truly health promoting diet. And so I think when people can, can aim to do it nearly completely, they'll probably hit about the 90% mark. And if we can hit the 90% mark, I think most of us will be just fine long-term. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people ask me like, what do you do at Christmas? What do you do at Thanksgiving? I say, I eat whatever I want to eat on Christmas and Thanksgiving, right? It, it isn't what you do between Christmas and New Year's. It's what you do between New Year's and Christmas, right? <laughs> and so, you know, it's those choices every day. If you're making great choices, nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, you're going to do great. And, you know, for people, I think most of them have this this fear of not eating or fear of deficiency, right? This fear of protein deficiency. Um, you know, the, the supplement companies that didn't exist 70 years ago, right, have now suddenly convinced most Americans they need to take something to be healthy. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel like it's one of the bigger farces propagated on the American public. So I don't need vitamin D? Vitamin D is made in your body by the sunshine. So when someone says you have a vitamin D deficiency, you just go sit in the sun? You go sit in the sun, yes. How about B12? B12? Those are the two I take. Yes. I, in, in our current environment where everything we buy, that special base is triple washed, sanitized, ready to eat, you do need to take a B12. Um, if you were picking vegetables from your garden and brushing them on your leg and eating them, you would not need a B12. Um, you have a big garden? That's not big. It's probably, you know, 100 feet by 50 feet. But That's it's amazing big. the amount of food it produces. Unbelievable amount of food. That is a problem with gardens. It produces so much food it sometimes. It does. Yeah, we're fortunate there's a lot of us up there to eat it, but mm-hmm. yes. Uh, so I don't. I think sometimes people are exactly like you said. They're afraid of not getting enough food in and so they overeat. They eat just anything. Right. And sometimes I think it's better to not eat than to eat the wrong things. Absolutely. I mean, I'm currently on at the end of day four of a five-day fast, which I try to do every quarter. Um, and it just to reset my relationship with food, kind of reset my body, um, boost my immune system. And because so, you're fasting? Yes, absolutely. And you eat at night? When do you eat? Um what I do is called a fasting mimicking diet, which is basically you consume three to 400 calories a day of the macronutrients that your body would get if you were purely fasting on water. And it kind of tricks your body into thinking you're water fasting and it promotes all the things, the changes in your body that are beneficial when you do fast. Which are? Which are uh, recruitment of stem cells from your bone marrow that help heal your body. Um, elimination of older cells from your body, um, elimination of a lot of the antibodies from the immune system that cause autoimmune diseases and allergies. Um, there's good good science to show that when we, um, as humans fast, our bodies do all these things to get ready for when we can eat again, right? And so it's almost like a reset. We, I, I saw where we have 35 trillion cells that turn over every eight years in our body. And when they turn over, they're not as good. 
because you get uh, when you turn over every eight years, they're kind of like uh, recording on a cassette tape. Every time you make another tape off of a cassette tape, it gets a little bit muddier sounding and a little bit muddier sounding, and then so that when your cells turn over every eight years, you're turning over from a little bit muddier group of cells, to, and then so the next group is is that. There is some truth to that, but most of that can be abated by lifestyle changes. And I'll give you a great example. A guy named Dean Ornish, um, who was President Bill Clinton's physician when he was in office and actually got him transitioned to more of a plant-based diet at the time, uh, did a study where he took uh, men with prostate cancer and looked at the telomeres, which are the caps on the end of our DNA. And when you say they kind of get muddy, it's the telomeres shorten as we age, right? And what he did was looked at people that he put on a lifestyle intervention of a plant-based diet, daily meditation, um, and looked at the telomere length over time. And they actually are able to lengthen their telomeres to stop that aging process to some degree, right? And through so, fasting or through the diet? Through a whole food plant-based diet combined with meditative practices combined with good social support were his three keys to his study okay yeah the guy that wrote the that, that talked about these blue zones has written a book um he's got two of them actually he's got one called the blue zones and then another one where he looked at happiness basically did the same study with happiness and laughing i would think would and so um he wrote a summary book on that as well and there's a lot of crossover with the blue zones actually as far as location and such and oh really lifestyle yes so if you're laughing every day and being happy and eat right you're going to die in your sleep when you're 100 years old without any health problems all right <laughs> i got it i'm doing it i'm just on cartoons from now on out uh, do you ever eat meat and is there anything that you're going to miss out if you just completely quit eating meat i feel like if i never ate meat again there'd be something i'd be missing because i don't do anything to extremes i you know I don't do anything completely extreme. Right. I think in the last 10 years, I've probably consumed four ounces of meat, maybe. You're pretty extreme. I'm pretty extreme. You don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. I sometimes will have a nibble if it appeals to me, but most of the time it doesn't appeal to me. And you're not tired? You don't think there's any... You're a doctor. You're a scientist. You're everything. And so you don't think there's anything that you're missing by not eating meat. I mean, why do I have these two fangs right here in the front of my mouth if I'm not supposed to eat meat? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'll notice, your fangs look more like a cow's fangs than they do a tiger's fangs. Oh, yeah. do the do cows eat meat? No, they grass do not. only. Grass only. <laughs> eat a lot of corn. Yeah. I don't know that it's it's the fact that if you do eat meat or don't eat meat, I think the biggest problem we have is the quantity, right? If you look back over history, people would take a small serving of meat uses a garnish or flavoring for their meal. So we, they may take a four ounce serving of meat and split it among six kids mm -hmm. as a garnish or flavoring, right? Whereas now we think we need a four ounce serving of meat with breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. I mean, mm -hmm. even carnivores don't do that, right? Right. Carnivores get a piece of meat every couple of days and they're good. And so we're, we're just eating in ways that we've never eaten before. What about a variety before. of food? Like, I end up eating the same things over and over and over, and I'm so bored eating them. I mean, so do you have a big variety, and is that important to this to this? I mean, I do lifestyle? think it's important to eat what I could say is eat the rainbow, right? Okay. So just, you know, start with your yellows, orange, reds, greens, purples, everything. And I think if you eat a variety of all those foods every day or every week, you're fine. But if you look at most of these blue zones cultures, like 
there's one of them where 80% of their calories comes from sweet potatoes. That means most of what they eat every day is sweet potatoes. How boring is that? And they're the, I, I think they're one of the healthiest cultures out there. And so um, I, I don't think, you know, you have to have some variety to get the nutrients that you need, but most people I think actually do better from a long-term weight control standpoint eating a smaller variety of foods. And it can really just use the 80-20 rule, just do proportion control to start off with. I mean, out of, I'm going to put all of these nine things you can do in the blue zone. I'm going to put them on flag and banner. You make speeches around town. I do. Uh, where would we find out about you're talking about this stuff? Um, there's a, a Facebook group called it's a plant-based club. Um, probably the best place for information, dissemination on that. It's called the Plant Strong Club. Plant Strong, Plant Strong Club. Club. And we'll put it on the Up In Your Business mm-hmm. um, Facebook right. and uh, share it. Right. And so while we're on the topic of Blue Zones, I'll mention the mm-hmm. founder of the Plant Strong Club, the two co-founders of it, are interested in trying to make Little Rock a Blue Zone city. The Blue Zones group has basically allowed cities to implement their ideas, Right. And so the uh, city promotes kind of Blue Zones concepts. And there's cities around the country that have done this. And I think there's one in, there's one down in Texas somewhere, which would be about the last place I would think would be uh, yeah, right. ready to eat a predominantly that's plant-based beef, diet, that's right? That's beef country. Um, and so, you know, the, it takes kind of a, a movement to get that done. So I would welcome the listeners to educate yourself about the Blue Zones concepts and um, begin to think about, you know, how to implement some of those things into their own life. Arkansas needs it so much. We have obesity problems here, and we have childhood obesity is really bad, and I feel like that's really unfair to the children uh, of Arkansas. Absolutely. I, it, it just breaks my heart when I see these moms checking out of the grocery store, and they've got a cart full of hyper-processed food, and, you know, their kids are overweight, and they've got childhood-onset diabetes, and... I mean, I, I grew up a chunky kid. It's miserable. It's absolutely miserable. People make funny. You can't go play sports like your friends. It just, I, I would love to see that change more than anything. Well, if we all rally behind this blue zone, start educating people, a lot of it's educating people. A lot of it's knowing how to uh, order when you got to eat. When you got to eat these days, there's a lot of more options. If we become a blue zone state, I would imagine mm-hmm. that's going to that's gonna change and make yeah, more and there's, options there's for people been a eating it. Yeah, there's been a huge pendulum swing as well i mean you've got uh tyson just announced their uh plant-based line of foods called uh raised and rooted uh beyond meat and impossible burger uh, are now in 7,000 burger king locations around the country subway's offering a plant-based meatball sub but i don't so, want to eat those those processed no they're they are not uh health promoting foods necessarily but i think that they are a good transition food to get people over the hurdle of I don't have to eat meat every day to live, right? And mm-hmm. so I think if you can say, you know what, I'm going to take the next week, and when I go out to my fast food meal, I'm going to try these plant-based options, and they realize at the end of the week they didn't actually die. So many, yeah, <laughs> that you can eat good and it's still tasty. Exactly, yes. But there are a lot of vegan options out there for hamburger patties and stuff that I just don't think are any much better for you than meat. They've got way too many preservatives and artificial flavorings. Right. The thing is to, you know, they're – in order to sell them to the American public, they have to make them taste and That's feel right. as close mm-hmm. to me as they can. So the the composition of them is very close to meat from a you know, uh, health standpoint. And so mm-hmm. um, I do think they're a better alternative because they don't have this the cholesterol and fat that the meats have in them. But 
Dr. Beck, we're down to the wire. I could all talk right. to you all day. This is for you. It came from Arkansas Flag and Banner. It's uh, it's to Dr. Jason Beck. It's a nurse, and here she sings. I'll be there. <laughs> Stop. I'll be there. That's what a Dr. Beck's going to be for Ooh, all of us. Thank you very much. You told her not to play it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. It's good. Thanks again for coming. Uh, I want to say to our listeners, thanks for joining us today. If you have a great entrepreneurial story you'd like to share, send a brief bio or your contact info to Carrie at flagandbanner.com. Thank you all for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. Long before Beyonce sang this song to the Obamas at the inaugural ball, Etta James sang it on the Dreamland Ballroom stage. Located on the top floor of the FlagandBanner.com building in downtown Little Rock, there lies a historical treasure called the Dreamland Ballroom, where musical greats like Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, and Etta James once played. Thirty years ago, this magnificent venue was destined for the wrecking ball. But since 2009, the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland has worked to restore this piece of Arkansas heritage. They've made it their mission to bring back its history and culture by providing tours, artistic performances, musical education, and cultural outreach. As you walk to the entrance of Dreamland, you'll notice the paver bricks that are engraved with commemorative names and phrases chosen by donors to Dreamland. The Pave the Way fundraiser is an ongoing project of the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland. Paver bricks are available for you to be a part of this restoration project. Visit dreamlandballroom.org to find out how you can contribute. You've been listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio show, and choose today's guest. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.